Welcome back and happy almost 2020 everybody who is listening live. This is Stephanie and I'm the host of the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast and today we are having our first episode under the health and wellness category. I am really excited about this topic today because this topic is kind of a buzzword on social media these days, but this episode is going to take a different approach entirely. And we are going to be talking about self-care. And before you leave me, because you feel like you have heard this speech a zillion times before, I really encourage you to stay with me until the end, because I really challenge what self-care actually is, especially in today's culture. The definition of self-care is this. It's basically any activity that we do deliberately, in order to take care of our mental, emotional, and physical health. So self-care, you guys, is not frivolous. It's not a luxury. Self-care is a necessity. It is needed in order for us to have a healthy mental and emotional and physical life. And as moms, we constantly give, constantly. The mental load, in my opinion, is hands down the hardest part. It is the most draining part for me. Trying to keep up with all the little things from like cutting little toenails (laughs) to pajama day at school to snacks to packing lunch bags and um, book bags and noticing when the shampoo and the conditioner are getting low, the grocery shopping, when picture day is for sports and whatever the heck else is going on. It all resides in my brain and that is so exhausting for me. And motherhood is as beautiful as it is exhausting. One of my favorite quotes says this, love is a limitless resource, but energy is not. Motherhood is beautiful, but you know what is not so beautiful? (laughs) Martyrdom. One definition of a martyr is someone who is constantly suffering. When we are constantly running on empty, we typically take the woe is me approach and complain about how hard everything is, how much needs to get done, and how there's just never enough time in the day or enough of you to go around. And it's basically an excuse we live in to, I don't know, like have the right to just complain all the time because it is hard. But that's kind of miserable for everyone, including us. In November of 2018, I had a six-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a newborn that I was nursing. And I was also working as a teacher at that time, but I was able to work from home. And I say it like that because actually working from home with a bunch of little kids was not as much of a benefit as I originally thought that it would be. It was so stressful because I had the demand of my little ones all day asking for a cup of milk and some snacks, but then I also had work deadlines that I needed to balance and get done. So I was like completely spent. I totally felt myself settle into this attitude of everything is so hard and so much and everyone needs me constantly. With all of my like little ones wanting to climb and crawl all over me constantly, I would hit a like sensory overload by 10 a.m. And guys, I'm like an extrovert. I'm a hugger. (laughs) I love people being around me, but I like could not take it. Once 10 a.m. hit, I was already so out-touched, I couldn't even handle it. And I could feel myself in this new normal of constant stress. I was 
constantly aggravated. I was completely exhausted all the time. And I remember not even remembering the last time I really laughed during just like my normal day because I was so just pedal to the metal all day long. Like I need to do one thing and then move to the next and then move to the next and then move to the next. I couldn't really even enjoy the season that I was in because I just had too much going on. And it wasn't even that I didn't obviously love my kids and my life because I did and I love being a mom. It was just that my body and my mind were living in constant survival mode. And I could only muster enough energy to just get by each day. So November of 2018, I actually decided that like something needed to change. And so what I did was I walked into a CrossFit gym for the first time, (laughs) scared to death. I was an athlete in high school and in college. And not only that, but I played volleyball for both. And I was captain for every year that I played, even as a freshman in college. I loved sports and I loved working out. It was something I worked hard at and I really excelled in. But I had maybe been to the gym like 10 times since I had had Noah. So 10 times in six years. I had been feeling so weak. And I mean, anything from just not being able to open like a pickle jar to being winded when I would walk up one flight of stairs with like a basket of laundry. But I've always been taught that when you feel weak or scared in an area, that's the time when you need to get accountability in that area and now. (laughs) I knew that I missed being strong and feeling strong. I knew I was nowhere near as mentally tough as I had used to be, but I was ready. I was ready to be strong again. I was ready to be pushed. I wanted to be coached. I was ready to be the best version of me for myself and my family. And I realized that being a martyr for my family, which basically just meant not taking care of myself because, well, I had four kids to take care of and, you know, I needed to take care of them first and what was left is what was left. But that wasn't cute or fun for anyone to be around. So anyways, I walked into the CrossFit gym feeling ridiculously unprepared and weak, but I was really ready to start showing up for myself. And people ask me if CrossFit is expensive. And sure, <laughs> it's, it is, okay? But it's no more expensive than eating out multiple times a week. I remember the conversation Justin and I had when I was about to join because it is a lot more expensive than just a typical like gym. And Justin and I discussed joining and we kind of realized that we were ready to put our money and time into things that pushed us mentally and physically and emotionally. We are going to choose and did choose personal growth and strength over comfort and convenience. So that was a decision that we sat down like, well, we go out to eat at, you know, Red Robin or wherever the heck, how many times a month we cut out a couple of those trips, boom, gym's paid for. So what's our priority here, right? That money is being spent, but can we translate it or transfer it to a gym membership and give up the convenience of eating out all the time? We chose the gym. And Hebrews 12.11 says this, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it seems painful. However, later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And the decision to invest in myself physically and mentally had a domino effect in so many areas in my life. So self-care in this sense 
did not look like eating that pint of ice cream and snuggling up and watching Netflix once the kids went to bed. It looked like pushing myself physically, challenging myself mentally, and doing something that wasn't necessarily pleasant at the time, but eventually it has made me so much stronger. I was feeling weak, and I was absolutely hating it. So my self-care was investing in something hard that made me strong again. And when we hear about self-care in the world right now, I feel like the narrative says that we need to spend that time and go get our nails done or have a girl's night or get our hair done, maybe take a nap, binge watch some funny shows once the kids go to bed, go for a walk or whatever else. And I am not denying that those things can make you feel better about yourself because I feel super put together for one if my nails are done and I really love it. But is that really all self-care is? I would challenge that with saying that it's actually so much more than those surface feel-good things. What if self-care meant more than getting our nails done? What if it meant saying no to nights out to eat and yes to a cleaner diet that takes more time and energy to whip up, but ultimately leaves you with feeling better, possible weight loss, and more energy? And what if it meant sitting down with yourself or your husband and having the hard conversation of how to get your finances back in order after a long season of never telling yourself no? What if it looked like coming to terms with the not-so-smart money choices we have made and beginning to deny ourselves the lifestyle we've been living just until you can dig out of that financial hole we got ourselves in? But in doing this, finding complete financial freedom for you and your family. What if it meant seeking out a therapist to deal with that childhood trauma you endured, but have just pushed under the rug because it's no big deal. But you know, subconsciously, it affects how you show up as a mom and a wife and a friend and a sister and a daughter. And this next one may be a trigger for some of you sweet mamas, so I am so sorry. But what if self-care meant sitting down and having that hard conversation with a best friend about how hard that miscarriage was? It happened and you kept it to yourself because you felt guilty or you felt like you didn't know how to talk about it or maybe you didn't want to talk about it. One in four women have had a miscarriage, you guys, and I am one in four. We lost our sweet angel baby at 10 weeks and my biggest blessing in my life at that time was a friend of mine. She was there and just listened to every single feeling I had after this happened She listened for hours. She sat with me as I cried during lunch breaks at work. She listened to songs that I would send her that explained my feelings about my miscarriage better than I ever could. She texted me the morning that our baby would have been 20 weeks and said, I wonder if it would be pink or blue smiling down at you today. She wasn't afraid to bring it up, even though it made me so sad. (laughs) Even Even though that text made me cry. It made me feel so seen and heard because she was aware of how hard this day was going to be for me. And same with the due date. Is there something like that, that kind of experience that you may not need a counselor for, but you haven't really opened up about, but would really feel just so much lighter if someone close to you knew what you were really struggling with? What if self-care meant going to marriage counseling? Not because you are on the verge of divorce, but because there are just some things that you guys can't seem to figure out as a couple, 
and need someone else to give you their professional guidance. Or maybe if that's not needed, what about investing in a weekend dedicated to you and your spouse, like a weekend to remember marriage retreat or something? What if self-care is not sitting down and binging on Netflix while your kids nap, but it's actually spending an hour and focusing on an area of your home that needs decluttered because it's an area of your house that has turned into like a (laughs) catch-all. And you would be so embarrassed if someone walked in to open the door to that room or closet for any reason. I actually started something this past week that I have come to call my cozy hour. I'm a napper. I always have been. And we are very strict on sleep schedules in our house. So All four of my boys still nap for two hours every day at the exact same time. And typically, I nap with them. And this is fine some days. And and really, it was great when I had babies not sleeping through the night and I was nursing. But really, I'm 30 years old and my youngest has been sleeping through the night for six months. So I really don't need a daily two-hour nap. Plus, once I wake up, I honestly don't even feel that rested. I kind of feel guilty, like I just gave up my only time without kids to be productive. And I realized that really that was just a habit that I had gotten myself into. I would walk down the hallway, I would lay Tristan down, and then I would lay the other boys down in their bed, and I would just turn. My bedroom was right there. I'd just hop in bed and take a nap. And this did serve me, like I said, when I was nursing all night and kids weren't sleeping, whatever. But now it was just a habit. And that typically, honestly, made me just feel worse after I woke up, not better. So I implemented this thing that I now call my cozy hour. And basically, I just lay my kids down and I make a fun drink, like a cup of coffee with my favorite creamer, some hot chocolate whipped cream or whatever else. And during this hour, I just play my favorite music or put on a podcast that I've been wanting to listen to. And I just do whatever I want to do that makes my home just a little cozier. And that might be like deep cleaning or hanging a picture up that I hadn't gotten to. I don't know. It might mean like decluttering an area that has been a catch-all for a while. And it also just might be a time where I just sit and do laundry. And the point is that at the end of this hour, our home is just a little more cozy. And I do set a timer for this, literally 60 minutes. And this is just the first hour of my kid's nap. And then the second hour, I turn on our fireplace, I get all snuggled up on my couch with my favorite blanket, and I just read a book, and I truly relax. And this has been so helpful to our home, and ultimately how I feel about our space we are living in, and the space that our children are having their childhood memories made in. And remember in that last episode when I said, sometimes we can kind of fade or drift into a new season without really even realizing it? And that's kind of what happened here. (laughs) Napping was perfect for my season of very small infant babies who were up all night. Not so much anymore. And so it was time to change up my habit during nap time. And it has been such a wonderful transition. What if self-care is more about fixing those things that are wearing you out at your core, your subconscious, (laughs) the things that seem daunting, but will in the end free you in some capacity? As I sit down and reflect on just 2019 and plan for 2020, my goal for self-care is not to necessarily take more bubble baths with a glass of wine or get my nails done. It's to become more self-aware to the things that are weighing on my heart, that are draining my energy and subconsciously taking their toll, and then finding out what needs to be done to battle that and then begin to take action. 
though, listen, <laughs> I am still going to get my nails done every now and again. And I am going to take a nap because y'all, I am a napper and I'm going to binge on some Netflix with my husband. I just think that sometimes the narrative of self-care in this culture is actually just avoidance of things that we actually need to do in order to genuinely care for ourselves. So I encourage you, sweet friend, as we close down 2019, what would real self-care look like for you in this upcoming year? What area of your life do you feel that deep unsettledness feeling in? Is it your finances? Maybe self-care looks like a budget. Is it your mindset? Maybe self-care looks like deleting social media. Is it health? Maybe self-care looks like meal prep and giving up the convenience of fast food. Is it your marriage? Maybe self-care looks like counseling or a weekend away to just recalibrate with your spouse. Is it your faith? Maybe that looks like trying a good gospel preaching and mission-oriented church again. Or maybe it looks like dusting off that Bible and start reading through the story of God. Whatever self-care looks like to you, I hope and pray that you find what you need and remember that you are already enough. If you want to stay connected and continue this conversation with others, join the Legacy Through Motherhood Facebook group with Stephanie Sims. You can also follow me on Instagram at legacy underscore through underscore motherhood. And to stay connected through the Legacy Through Motherhood email list, go to www.simsarrows.com to sign up. Join me in the next episode as we begin to talk about marriage. This is going to be geared towards making ourselves better in our own marriage. So if you are someone who is not married and or may not be in a relationship at all, it is all good. Stay with us. The only person we can control is ourselves. So that is who we are going to focus on as we discuss this topic. I am so excited, you guys, to just walk with you during this conversation and help you find regret while completely covering you in grace. Mm -hmm.